Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's good to, good to be here. It's a privilege, as always, to, to, to uh, stand up here and speak to, to you all. So thank you, Rob, and the team for, for inviting me. Must be doing something right, but keep getting asked back for us. You know, it's desperate times. I don't know which. It's good to be here. Um, this uh, this week, I, I felt like I felt like I, I struggled to, to pick what I was going to speak on. Like, from the Bible project, there was just so much uh, so much material this week that I could have could have picked from. There was like the Last Supper. There was um, the death of Jesus, the resurrection. Um, you know, they're all huge topics by themselves. There was, uh, you know, the Great Commission, and then we started the Book of Hebrews, and I was just like, gosh, I don't know what. And the last time I preached it was from like we had read like Matthew five, six, and it was the Sermon on the Mount, and I was like, I don't pick anything from this. And um, so I feel spoiled, you know, this week trying to to think of what I'd share. What I wanted to talk briefly about is. Um, uh, a little bit about the death of Jesus, but more specifically about how what how the death of Jesus enables us to come into the presence of God. Um, that was a huge revelation for me um, a number of years ago, and, and it's just been brought back to me this week as we've been reading. Um, so I'm going to read a little bit from Matthew 27, um, and then a bit from Hebrews 1 as well. Um, and actually, I'm just going to read the death of Jesus. Uh, and I just, just, you know, don't, if you have your Bibles, don't, don't open them, uh, just listen, uh, listen to the imagery here that, uh, in these few verses, so, um, as the sixth, now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the lands until the ninth hour, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, I'm son that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were also opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with, with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. So imagine, like, you know, how much has to happen for, for them to make that statement? Like, was it the earthquake? Was it the, like, Darkness from it was midday, like that. The sixth hour was about midday, and um, you know, for the land, all, the whole land to be in total darkness was that, you know, was that enough? Or what about when all the, the dead started coming out of the tombs? Like, was that enough? Like, what was the thing that made it think, oh, you know, maybe it was, maybe this was God? Like, uh, and the, but the, the one that really I want to touch on here was that the curtain of the temple was torn to top to bottom, um, and that has some significance. Uh, in, the, in the temple, the curtain was what, what separated the, the outer part of the temple uh, with the inner sanctuary, with the Holy of Holies, where uh, you know, the, the presence of the Lord would have, would have dwelled in the, in, on the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, when you think of a curtain, it's, you know, there's no 
curtains in here, but it wasn't this kind of small little curtain. It was huge, a big tall curtain, very thick. It was very, um, it was more like a, more like a wall made out of fabric than, than just a, a curtain like what we would imagine. Um, and if you want to read about that, you can go back to Exodus where all the, the instructions were given for it um, and, all, and the rules around it and everything. Um, but the, the interesting thing was that was that was what separated us from the presence of God. And um, there was the rules about going and, and the kind of passing through that curtain were crazy. Like you had to go through all of this process of being cleansed, being purified, you had to make these sacrifices. Um, and if you weren't right, uh, if you if you didn't follow you know the instruction that the Lord had given, you weren't clean or you weren't purified or cleansed in the way that that the Lord commanded, then you went in anyway. Died. The presence of the Lord was such that it would just drop dead. Um, but there's big, there's big, you know, things at stake. And even to to make it even, even, even bigger than that, only certain people could do it. It wasn't like I could come along and, and I could follow these steps. And it had to be, you know, it had to be the priests from from a certain tribe that could do this. And so it, there was a there was a lot of a lot of process. And I don't do well with process, so I can't, you know. I can't imagine having to, to deal with that, even just to to, you know, to come into the presence of the Lord. So I'm grateful for for things being the way that they are now for us. And um, like even even in, in, in the Old Testament, you see like they, they used to tie a rope around the priests that went in and with bells on it. Um, and that was the idea was that they could hear the priests moving around, you know, behind the curtain. And if, and if the bells stopped, that you know, and, and the priests had dropped dead. That they could at least pull him out by the rope, and um, because they couldn't go in to to get him out themselves, and so it was just you know it was it was a significant place, right, where the presence of the Lord dwelt was a significant place, um, and here when Jesus died, we see the, the curtain being torn, the thing that that um, if you like protected people from that inner place was was split in half, torn into, uh, and the kind of barrier wasn't there anymore. Um, and I'll come back to, to, to that, that idea in a few minutes. Um, is, everyone, is everyone here following, following along the, the Bible project? Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool, like, just even, even having like a structure of, of reading the Bible that is different than in, in terms of the order that I might read it otherwise. Like, I've read Matthew before and I've read Hebrews before, but I've never gone directly from one to the other. Uh, and it was interesting to me just seeing how. You know, the continuity in some of the themes, I guess, um, and, and you know, how, how truly everything is, is tied together. Um, and so we just started Hebrews on Friday, um, and so we're reading chapter 1, obviously, being the first book. Um, and the bits that, that stood out for me was the first four verses. It says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has, been, he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. And the bit I want to focus on in this was, was after he had provided purification for sins. Um, and, and, and there's a lot to unpack in this. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to you know, 
here all day, I'm sure none of you would still be, would, you know, still wouldn't be making a dent on this. Um, but there's a few things that I want to add out here. One is this is, you know, this is about Jesus, right? This is the whole book of Hebrews is about Jesus and just how He's just supreme over over everything. Um, if, I, I don't know if you if you saw the, the the Hebrews Bible Project video that Rob posted in the Facebook group this week, but it was really really good, like giving you an overview of of the whole book. Um, so it's all about Jesus' supremacy and having just read through. The sacrifice that Jesus made and the, 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 the you know, what he went through and the suffering and you know, seeing him as a, as a person, as someone who feels pain, who felt anguish and you know, who, who, who cried out before his father, like, is there any way to, to get out of this? Like, is there any way for me to, to not do this? And, you know, as they beat him and as they, they stuck horns in his head, and, you know, all of this, this it's just hard to comprehend. And so reading that, seeing the, the person of, of Jesus, and then coming in here uh, and, and, and starting to, to then learn about his supremacy, read about his supremacy, and, and the picture is quite contrasted, right? Like the first, I mean, the end of Matthew was like, well, maybe he doesn't seem so supreme, right? He's getting beaten, he's, he's submitted, he's you know under trial, he's being condemned, all this stuff. Um, and then straight, you know, very quickly we're seeing that he's, he's supreme over everything, including those who, who just subjected him to what we just read. Um, which, you know, to me just adds to the adds to the gratefulness and gratitude that I have that that, he, that was a decision, right? Just like that, everyone could have been gone and all of his troubles go away, um, but he didn't. And so this person of Jesus, right? Let's, let's look at just what in those four verses what I've said about him. Um, that, that this is how you know, this is how the Lord speaks, right? That, that you know, previously it was through prophets and, and, and people who whom the Lord's presence would rest on for a period, um, but now we we have Jesus. Now we have His Son, whose Spirit lives in us and, and speaks to us and ministers to us. He's the heir of all things. He's the, he's the one through whom the world was created. He's the radiance of the glory of God. I think that's a, just a cool. Picture. If you look at the that video, the, the intro video for the Book of Hebrews, the way they illustrated that was like the picture of the sun and the sun rays to an offer and just an arrow pointing back on Jesus. He's the one who who, uh, who who radiates God's glory. He's an exact imprint of God's nature. So if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Right? He's an exact imprint of, of everything that the Father is. He's the one who upholds the universe. In other translations, it says that, uh, that he sustains all things. That he's the one who, who made purification for sins, that he's enthroned with God the Father, that he's greater than the angels. Uh, this is the person who, who died for us. This is the person who took that place of humility. The one who's supreme over everything, who, um, who's the image of, of, of God the Father, took that place. Uh, and then, he provided, so that's kind of the key part, right? So after he, he provided um, purification for sins. Um, if, you, if, if you remember back in, in Matthew 27 when, when Judas gave up Jesus, uh, and he, he took, took the silver and, and, and uh, betrayed him and pointed out who he was. And, um, when uh, 
in, in 27 verse 4, Judas going back to the high priest and said, I've sinned, I've betrayed innocent blood. Um, basically, kind of like, can I undo this? Can you get me out of this? And they, and they said to him, uh, what is that to us? Like, sort yourself out. Um, I think actually what it says is, see to it yourself. Like, figure it out. Oh, you know, we're not interested in that. And it's just interesting, like, the world is quick to lead us to sin, but has no way of, or no interest of getting us out of it. You know, that, and that's, just, that, that's what stood out to me there. Judas was in that position and, and they were like, get, get away. Like, they were quick to, to, to pull him in, they were quick to, to extract what they needed um, or to lead him into a trap and then they sort of figure, figure their own way out of this. Um, and we know how, how that ended for Judas. Um, but Jesus is the one who, who, who gives us that purification. He's the one who, who, who doesn't turn us away and say, sort that out yourself. He said, I sorted it say, I'll sort this out and I have sorted it out. And the interesting thing in, in Hebrews is it's, it's past tense. It says after he had provided. And so it's done, right? It's finished, it's completed, it's over, it's, it's achieved, accomplished, um, that he has already provided purification for our sins. Um, and there's times when perhaps we try to ourselves to, to figure out what right? it's like like Judas in that in that passage. Uh, how do I get there as well? Okay, I'll go back to the to the guys who I started it with and I'll see if you know if we can undo it or I was watching a show last night where um, you know someone borrowed money off someone and then they lost it and they went to go back and say, oh, can we can we figure something else out? And, and uh, it was the same thing as like you you took the money, you figured it out, like you it's on you now, right? It's your it's your weight, it's your responsibility, it's your burden. Um, and we try to sort things out, but uh, you know, for me anyway, it's so easy just to forget that you know, to lose sight of the fact that this is already being done. That Jesus has already has already made a way for us to be cleansed and purified. And taking it back all the way back to to the curtain, that the only way the priest could enter into his presence was if they'd been purified, if they'd been cleansed. And in the, in the in the moment when when, when Jesus and it says he yielded up his spirit, he, he, it was a willing act, right? It's not that um, you know this thing happened to him. I think it's really interesting that the, the words that he uses is is an action on behalf of Jesus that he yielded up his spirit, gave it up, he made the decision to give it up. And in that moment, as as that curtain split and as the the presence of God is, is exposed and open, that we are also cleaned and sanctified so that when when we encounter his presence that we're not met with this overwhelming uh, well we are met with an overwhelming God but we're not overwhelmed to the point of death which is what would have happened in the Old Testament that in that same moment it's exposed we're granted access that we're um, we're we're transformed into the position of being able to enter uh, not just that we have the option but that if we want it, we can, because Jesus has made us right, and He's put us in the place where we can, we can fully, fully step in. I just think that's incredible, like, that that where where previously existed all of this process and all of these rules and, and such fear and um, you know consequences, I guess, for entering into his, into the Lord's presence, that uh, that now not only does do we have, can we can we make that step? But 
the, the words are very easy, the words are just exactly what's in Psalm 100, so uh, it'll be easy to find it uh, afterwards. Uh, but just listen and just, just position your hearts in, in, in a place to, to, uh, to kind of join with what this is saying and to, uh, to partner with it. Uh, and, and for me, the challenge for myself this week is to, is to keep this as a conscious, uh, a conscious action, but I don't let myself fall back into the place where, uh, where I have been uh, and, and often end up with Jesus, just not thinking about this. And just, just letting it slip away that this is, um, that this wasn't just a one-time thing that I stepped into when, uh, you know, when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but this is the thing that, that is relevant in every day of my life, that, um, that the presence of God dwells within me, that because of what Jesus did, there is not only no, no blockage, but I'm, I'm, I'm made pure, I, I, that he provided a way for me to be purified from sin. And that's an everyday, that's an everyday thing. That's an everyday opportunity for praise. That's an everyday opportunity for joy and for hope and for gratitude. Um, and so, Lord, I, I just, I, just, I thank you as my enough for it. But I do thank you. I'm just, I'm grateful for what you do. Um, yeah, I don't even have enough words to, to say to, to thank you. Thank you for the, the hope that you that you have for us, Lord. Thank you for the, the thank you for your supremacy over all things. I thank you for um, for for dwelling in us, Lord. Father, this week I just ask for an outpouring of, of your presence and of your spirit in our lives, Lord God, that um, that your spirit within us would just set us on fire, Lord, that it would just be a blaze within us, Lord, that we would um, be so conscious and so and that your presence will be so evident in our lives, Lord, and everything that we do, that we be reminded um, that you that you walk with us, Lord, and that we encounter you in the way that that um, that the women did in, in the Bible, Lord, that you like you walk up beside us and say, Lord, Lord, I just want that encounter with you, Lord. I want I want that closeness with you, Lord. And Father, just I'm grateful that, that, that you made a way for that word. Um, and we enter your, uh, your courts with praise. Lord. We glorify you.